0: This is Residence 104.4 FM. Flippin' marvellous. We're also on BohemianBritain.com and Literary London all over the place. I'm Nick Hennigan, and it's time for another slice of Literary London. Oh, yes, where we talk about, well, things kind of literary and london and. And we've got a bit of a vintage treat for you today, particularly if you're a fan of Sherlock Holmes. Because it was indeed on the 7th of July, 1930, that we lost Sir Arthur Ignatius Conan Doyle, the British writer and physician, of course. Best known, of course, for Sherlock Holmes and uh, a study in uh, Scarlet. He was a prolific writer, Sherlock Holmes. Sorry, (laughs) I shouldn't say. He's a Sherlock Holmes, a a Conan Doyle. Good Lord. It's been a long day. We're rehearsing, by the way. No, we're auditioning, actually, for uh, my new play. The Birth of Frankenstein. Oh, if you're at the Edinburgh Festival, by the way, do get in touch and let me know, because we'll come. I'll come and have a chat with you. If you've got a show up there, or if you're performing, or, well, if you're just having a bit of a pint, come and see us. We're at the, uh, where are we? The, the Pleasance Courtyard with uh, The Birth of Frankenstein. We're there all August. And if you are up there, yes, uh, drop me an email. Um, you can get me press at, sorry, no, radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Or you can actually, I've got a new email now, which is nick. N-I-C-K, at bohemianbritain.com. Nick, at bohemianbritain.com. Yeah, let me know if you're at the Edinburgh Festival. uh, And we'll meet up and I can have a chat with you. I'll take me electric handbag and we would have an interview. Um, So, but we are now talking about, yes, Conan Doyle. And actually, there's a kind of synergy between that and Edinburgh. Because in 1992, when I very first went up there, thanks to Jasper Carrot's management, yes, it's a Birmingham story, uh, we actually stayed in a flat where Conan Doyle once lived um, but um, anyway, he was in London, a prolific writer. Uh, his first work featuring Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes was a study in Scarlet. He wrote it in three weeks when he was 27. That's kind of showing off, isn't it, really? He wrote it in three weeks. Um, but he struggled to find a publisher. Eventually, it was published by Ward, Lock & Co. on the 20th of November, 1886. And it gave Doyle £25, which was about the equivalent of, I don't know, three grand nowadays, in exchange for all the rights to the story. The piece appeared a year later um, uh, in uh, Beaton's Christmas album and got good reviews in the Scotsman and the Glasgow Herald. So that sort of kicked him off a little bit. But now we're going to look at a story. That um, was broadcast on the radio back in the 1940s. Um, I, I kind of love this. See what you think. It's called. It features, by the way, Basil Rathbone, no, no less, the Sherlock Holmes. It's called a scandal in Bohemia. <laughs>
1: And now I know Dr. Watson's waiting for us, so let's go in and join him.
2: Come in, come in, come in, come in.
1: Good evening, Dr. Watson. Good evening, Mr. Barton. You're quite muffled up tonight,
2: I see. Overcoat, scarf, and gloves. Slip them off and come and join me by the farm. Thanks,
1: Doctor. It's quite a nip in the air tonight. Yes, there is indeed. Well, Doctor, you told us last week that tonight's story centered around the activities of a brilliant and beautiful woman. Yes,
2: my boy. Her name was Irene Adler. But I never knew Holmes referred to her by any other name than the woman. She sounds mighty intriguing. How did you happen to meet up with her? Well, I'll tell you the story from the beginning. One night, it was on the 20th of May in 1888, to be exact, I was returning home from a visit to a patient when my steps led me through Baker Street. Since
1: my marriage, I haven't seen much of Sherlock Holmes. You couldn't resist stopping by at 221B, I'm sure, Doctor. (laughs) Of
2: course I couldn't. As I stood outside the well-remembered door... I looked up at the lighted windows and saw the tall, spare figure of my old friend, passed twice in dark silhouette against the blind. He was pacing the room swiftly, eagerly, with his head sunk on his chest and his hands clasped behind him. To me, who knew every mood of his and habit of his, his attitude and manner told their own story. He was hot on the scent of some new problem. I rang the bell, and a few moments later, found myself standing before him.
3: You look looking splendid <laughs> shape. Holmes, I'm feeling very well, eh? And in practice again, I see. You didn't tell me that you'd have gone back into harness.
2: Oh, and how did you know? Here I mention,
3: my dear chap. If a gentleman walks into my rooms, smelling of iodopomb, with uh, a black mark of nitrate of silver on his right forefinger and a bulge on the left side of his hat to show where he's uh, secreted his stethoscope, I should be dull indeed if I didn't pronounce him to be an active member of the medical profession. <laughs>
2: Just the same as ever, Holmes. By the way, I'm... Uh... I'm not interrupting you,
3: you. Well, you are, old fellow, but it's, um, it's a most welcome interruption.
2: You're working on a new case?
3: Um, it looks like it. This letter arrived by the last post today. It's undated and has neither signature nor address. Read it. Huh?
2: So, look. There will call upon you tonight at a quarter to eight o'clock a gentleman who desires to consult you upon a matter of the very deepest moment. Your recent services to one of the royal houses of Europe have shown that you are one who may safely be trusted This account of you we have from all quarters received. Be in your chamber, then, at that hour, and do not take it amiss if your visitor wears a mask. It's got it. It's all very mysterious. What do you imagine it means?
3: Look carefully at the note, old fellow. What do you deduce from it?
2: Well, now, let me think. The man who wrote it was presumably well-to-do. Such paper couldn't be bought under half a crown a packet. And it's peculiarly strong and, and stiff. Peculiar.
3: That's the very word. It's not an English paper at all. Hold it up to the light. Don't you notice anything? Yes.
2: There's a large E with a small G and and a large G with a small T. That's right. Woven into the text of the paper.
3: What does that suggest to you? The name of the maker, no doubt,
2: or perhaps his monogram.
3: Not at all, my dear fellow. The G with the small T stands for Gesellschaft, which is the German for company.
2: And the EG?
3: That stands for Igria. It's a German-speaking country in Bohemia. Not far from Karlsbad. Oh, the
2: paper was made in Bohemia. Undoubtedly,
3: my dear fellow. And the man who wrote the note is a German. How do you know that? Observe the curious construction of the sentence. This account of you we have from all quarters received. A Frenchman or a Russian could not have written that. Hmm? It's the German who is so discourteous to his verse.
2: Oh, you can count now. I, I I better go home. No, no,
3: no, no, unless you have to.
2: Well, I,
3: I could stay. I thought that... Then stay, you... old chap. I'm lost without my Boswell, and this <laughs> must seems <laughs> to be interesting... I, uh, mm-hmm. I told Mrs. Hudson to let the masked visitor come upstairs unannounced. Come in. Good evening, sir. You, uh, you received my note? Yes, indeed, sir. Coming, won't you sit down? This is my friend and colleague, Dr. Watson. You may say anything before him that you can say to me. Whom have I the honor to address? You may address me as, uh, Count von Kram. How do you do, sir? You must excuse this mask that I wear. Uh, the august person who employs me wishes his agent to be unknown to you and, uh, I may confess at once that the title by which I have just called myself is not exactly my own. I'm well aware of that fact, sir. You see, uh, Mr. Holmes, uh, the matter I am about to discuss uh, implicates the great house of Ormstein, hereditary kings of uh, Bohemia. That has not escaped me either, sir. In fact, if you will state your case, I shall be the better able to advise you, Your Majesty. Uh, How did you... Yes. Yes, I am the king. Why should I attempt to conceal it? Why, indeed, I shall remove the mask. There. Mr. Holmes, I have traveled incognito from Prague for the express purpose of consulting. Then, you. pray consult. Briefly, the facts are these. Some five years ago, during a visit to Warsaw, I made the acquaintance of the well-known adventurous... Irene Adler. Irene Adler. We know of her, Your Majesty. Uh, look her up in the index for me, will you, Watson? Mm-hmm. It's right beside you on the desk there. I, uh, I imagine that the name would not be unfamiliar Here to you.
2: Here we are. A. Abraham's Acton Green Hatchet Murders. Adler. It's Adler. Splendid. Sure. Splendid, fellow. Hand me the
3: power, will you? Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Irene Adler. Born in New Jersey in the United States in 1858. Contralto.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Prima Donna Imperial Opera of Warsaw. mm mm-hmm. Retired from the aporetic stage. Living in London. Quite so. And here's a recent notation. Uh Uh-huh. Your Majesty, as I understand, became entangled with this young person, wrote her some compromising letters, and is now desirous of getting those letters back. Precisely so, but how did... Was there a secret marriage? None. No legal papers or certificates? No. Then I fail to follow, Your Majesty. If this young lady should produce her letters for blackmailing purposes, how she to prove their authenticity? It's the handwriting. Well, that could be a forgery, Your Majesty. But it was private note paper. Stolen. My own seal. Imitated. My photograph. Bought. What? They are both in the photograph. Oh, dear, oh, dear. It's very bad. Your Majesty has indeed committed an indiscretion. Oh, did you inscribe the photograph, Your Majesty? Uh, yes, Dr. Watson. I'm afraid I oh, did. What you say, Mr. Holmes. It must be recovered. Perhaps if you would have pay not, the photograph might be bought. She refuses to sell. Who stolen them. Uh, five attempts have been made. Twice, burglars in my pay ransacked her house. Once we burnt her luggage when she traveled. Twice, she has been waylaid. There has been no result. Oh, dear. It's quite a pretty little problem. Uh, it is a deadly serious one to me. Your Majesty, what does Miss Adler intend to do with the photograph? To ruin me. Oh, how? Well, I... Uh... I am about to be married to the second daughter of the King of Scandinavia. She, is the soul of delicacy, a shadow of a doubt as to my conduct, would put the matter to an end. Hmm. And Irene Adler threatens to send the photograph to your fiancé, I suppose. Yes, and she will do it rather than let me marry another woman. There are no links to which she would not go. I am not... sure that she not already sent it, Your Majesty? I am sure. Now, why, Your Majesty? She said uh, that she would send it on the day my betrothal is publicly announced. That day will be next Monday. Splendid. Then we have still um, three days yet. Uh, your Majesty will, of course, take London for the present. So, you will find me at the Langham Hotel registered as uh, Count von Kram. Just two questions before you leave, sir. What are they? Is the photograph large or small? Quite large. And uh, it was in a heavy frame. I see. And what is Miss Irene at London address? The only lodge. 17 Avenue, St. John's Wood. Uh, thank you, Your Majesty. Good night, and I trust we shall soon have some good news for you. I am placing all my hopes in you, Mr. Holmes. Good night. Good night, Dr. Watson. Uh,
2: good night, Your Majesty. Fascinating problem, Holmes. I, I wish I could help you with it. You can, my dear chap. Huh?
3: I shall be glad of your company. Oh, it, uh, What's our first move, Holmes? Well, a good night's rest, I think. We'll meet here at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. And then? Then, my dear fellow, we will see what we can find out about Miss Irene Adler. Late of the Warsaw Imperial Opera Company and at present residing at Bryony Lodge, Serpentine Avenue, St. John's Wood. <laughs>
2: The cursory examination of Brownley Lodge wouldn't prove very illuminating.
3: No, a Bijou residence that represents the essence of dignified suburbia that tells us very little about its owner. I think a visit to the local public house might prove more instructive. Come on, old chap. I see the door to the coach and horses inviting us from across the road. Well, our disguises shouldn't cause any suspicion, Holmes. That's no? why I suggested them. In the character of a couple of stable hands... I felt that we might inspire confidence. This is a horsey neighbourhood. There's a wonderful sympathy and Freemasonry among the fraternity. There we are. Better let me do most of the talking. Here.
2: Yes, I will indeed. I'm sure that your accent will be more convincing than mine. Let's go, Charlie. <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> what will it make is. Oh, for Bowden Mall, please. Uh, how about you, Charlie? All sight? Two orbs of olden
2: miles.
3: <laughs> well, here you are, mateys. That'll be a tanner. Have a drink with us, Governor. Of Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I'll have a Guinness. You uh, blokes new round ears? Yes, that's right. Can I have from Clapham? Clapham, eh? Uh, <laughs> well, just looking at you. Ah. <clears throat> Hunting's a job. That's right. Uh, we was told that Miss Adler, of course, at Briny Lodge, needed a new coachman and a groom. Well, it's her first time at the it? Might be true. Uh, have you been over there to ask? No, not yet. We thought we'd find out something about the old girl first. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't no old girl, lady. <laughs> She's the prettiest young thing you ever saw under a bonnet, and that's a fact. You know her, Gabby? Why, well, of course I know her. Used to drive the carriage, I did. Uh, uh, before I uh, came to work here. Oh, what's she like? Oh, nice little lady, as you'll find, sir. A work yard? No, no, no. She uh, she lives quiet, like... Uh, goes out uh, singing in concerts once in a while. The rest of the time, it's money for jam She goes out for a drive at the park every day at five and comes back to dinner at six thirty. Uh, the rest of the time's your own. Jack married, you say? No, no. But, uh... She's got a bloke what comes to see her all the time. Uh, he's a barrister. Nice gentleman. Uh, Mr. Geoffrey Norton is his name. Good looking fellow. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him get spliced. <laughs> Sounds like a cushy job to me. Come on, Charlie. Let's get over the house and see what's what. Much obliged, dear chum. Well, uh, good luck, ladies, and, and, and thanks for
2: the
3: ladies. <laughs> what's our next move, Holmes? Let's stroll back to Brownie Lodge. I'm undecided whether to continue my investigation there or to try and find out something about Mister Jeffrey Norton the barrister. If he's just her lawyer and nothing else, it's more than likely that she's entrusted the photograph to his safekeeping. Mm.
2: Mm. Hello, there's
3: a cab waiting outside Miss Atlas' house. Hurry, Watson! Maybe Mister Norton's. Here, here we are at the gate. Yes, here comes a man hurrying down the pathway. Quick, flatten yourself behind this post. Listen, where to now, Mister Norton? Drive like the devil.
2: First to Cushion Hankies in Regent Street, and then to the church of St. Monica in the edge of a road. Half a sovereign if you do it in 20 minutes. Right charm, Mr.
3: Norton. Off in. Fire and signal the cab, Watson. Winners follow him. Well, here comes one. Oh, it isn't. It's, it's a private carriage. It's heartless, no doubt. Here she comes on the pathway. Back behind the post again, Watson.
2: Where to, Miss Adler? The church of St. Monica's, John. And half a sovereign if you reach it in 20 minutes.
3: Watch quick. Let's get a cab and follow them. Here comes a hansom.
2: Hi, cabbie. Cabbie. Here. You blokes got enough money to take a cab. Here's a half
3: sovereign for you, my man. Right, you are. Where to, Governor? The church St. Monica in the Edgware Road. And another half sovereign for you if you get us there in 20 minutes.
1: The rest of Dr. Watson's story in just a second, but let me tell you something. If you're going to have chicken for dinner tomorrow night, or any night, don't forget to serve that chicken with Petri California Sauterne. Believe me, Petri Sauterne is just about the last word in white wines. It's beautifully golden in color, it's delicate and intriguing in flavor, and it's just. <laughs> well, you taste it and see for yourself. If you want a delicious white wine, you certainly want a Petri Sauterne. Doctor, once again, you broke off your story at the most exciting point. Did uh, you and Sherlock Holmes reach that church inside the 20 minutes?
2: Yes, Mr. Buckhill, we did, but the other carriages were there before us. Holmes went into the church after telling me to guard the outside. I must have waited for ten minutes or more before Mr. Jeffrey Norton and Miss Adler came out. Spoke a few words to each other, and then left in their separate conveyances. A moment later, Holmes, still dressed as a stable hand, came striding out of the church and down the steps towards me. He was obviously very excited. What? What? Have they left? Yes, in separate cabs. I overheard him say that he was going back to his office. And she said, I shall drive out in the park and at five it, it, this evening.
3: Splendid, old fellow. Then come on. We can return to Baker Street.
2: Uh, what happened inside the church? Huh? They
3: were married. Married? Of course. The ceremony would have been illegal if it had been performed afternoon. That accounted for their wild dash to the church. Jump into the cab. Where to now, Governor? 221 B Baker Street. Oh, so they
2: they got married, eh? Yes, and it may amuse you to know that I acted as witness at
3: the ceremony. Oh, you did? But how did that happen? Their, their own witness failed to appear and I was dragged into the breach. The uh, bride gave me the sovereign as a memento. I uh, think I'll wear it on my watch chain in memory of the occasion. What an amazing
2: situation. Things begin to look better for the king, don't they? Yes. Now that she's Mrs. Norton, the chances are that she won't want to expose His Majesty after all.
3: I hope so. What's my hope, so? That we can't afford to take any chances. I think the time is right for us to come to closer looks with the lady. Well, Holmes, now that we've eaten, perhaps you'll tell me a plan. With pleasure, my dear fellow. And while I'm so doing, I'll proceed with applying the makeup of my new disguise. Another disguise? What should it be this time? I think the character and appearance of an amiable and simple-minded do clergyman would be most suited to my plan for entering Miss Adler's house. Are you going to try and enter that? I must, dear fellow. Yes, yes, I'm sure the photograph is there. Miss Adler, or rather Mrs. Norton, will return from her drive and park at 6.30. We must be at the Lodge to meet her. And what then? You must leave that to me. I've already made my arrangements. There is only one point on which I must insist. You must not interfere, come what may. You understand? I'm to remain neutral. Yes, there will be some small unpleasantness. Don't join in it. It will end in my being conveyed into the house. As soon as I'm able to, I shall open one of the windows. You have to watch from the outside. When I raise my hand, you will throw an object which I shall give you through the window and at the same time cry fire. Follow me? Entirely, but what am I to throw? Oh, it's nothing very formidable. Here it is. looks like a great big cigar. What is it? Just an ordinary plumber's smoke rocket, fitted with a cap at each end to make it soft-lighting. Your task is confined to throwing it through the window. When you raise the cry, fire, it will be taken up by quite a number of people. You then walk to the end of the street, and I'll rejoin you in ten minutes. I hope I've made myself clear. Perfect, huh? Yeah. Good. And now, old fellow, as soon as I've donned my clerical attire, let's be on our the way. There's no time to be lost. <laughs>
2: Nearly 6.30, Holmes. We've been pacing up and down in front of her house for half an hour now. I hope she does come back. I'm sure she will. There seem to be a lot of
3: loafers hanging around her gate. You're well, part of my conspiracy, old chap. You'll see them play their parts in a few minutes. You still think the photograph is inside the house? Yes, I'm sure of it. Hmm? It's most unlikely that she carries it about to her. Remember the king told us it was a, a large framed picture. And also remember... But she planned to use it within a few days. It must be where she can lay her hands on it. It must be inside her house. But
2: her house has been burgled twice.
3: They don't know how to look. Well, how will you look? I won't. I'll get her to show me. She'll refuse. Well, no, she won't be able to... Get up the cage now. Remember, Watson, carry out my orders to the letter. Yes, you can trust me, huh? Good not.
2: Limey, here comes the Duchess of Tiddleway.
1: Let's put out the yeah, carpet. Oh she might get her tootsies
2: wet. Oh, put a sock in it, Elfie. Leave him
1: alone. She's no better than she ought to be. Please, please, let me through. I live here. Well, ain't that nice. We'll all come in and have a cup of cocaine.
2: <laughs> Move out of the way, please, and let the oh, lady oh, oh, oh. through.
1: Mind your own business. Get caught in college.
3: Oh, well, you can't call our fun. That's right, Eddie. Keep your nose out. you Oh, God, please, please,
1: don't
2: fight about it. I tell you to stop molesting the lady. <laughs> Do you? Then how would you like a biff in the nose? <laughs> oh, he hit the poor man. Then he ran away with the coward. Is the equipment and badly hurt? He hit his head, Mum, and he fell. If you ask me, hurt earth and He's bleeding something terrible. Can we bring him in, Mum? He can't lie here in the street. Why, of course. Bring him in. Right you are, Mum. Here first. Right out. Give us a hand. Be cool. Poor fella. Did you see what happened to him, mister? Yes, I saw my woman. A very convincing demonstration. What you mean? Uh, weren't you paid by a, a certain gentleman for this performance? Oh, he knows about it, too. You must be a friend of Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Yes, um, I am. Nice gentleman. he give us five bob a piece for tonight's work. It ain't through yet, though. We've got to start yelling fire when somebody tells us. I'm that somebody, my dear lady. Where's Mr. Holmes now? He's inside the house. Yes, he's up near a window. Now he's raising his hand. That's my signal. Now to throw the rocket. Uh, there we are. Ha! 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 ha!
3: You have the photograph? No. But I know what it is. She showed me as I told you she would. I'm still in the dark. There's no mystery, old chap. When my accomplices started around the street, I had a little moist red paint in my hand. As my good friend Alfie pretended to strike me, I clapped my hand to my head and fell down. It's not a trick. Yes, I understand that, but uh, how did my throwing the rocket help you? It was all important, my dear fellow. When a woman thinks her home is on fire, her instinct is at once to rush to the thing she values most. Married woman grabs her baby. An unmarried... Which is for her jewel box. In this case, of course, it was the photograph. Where was it? In a recess in the living room, just above the right-hand bell pole. I caught a glimpse of it as she half drew it out. When I made it known that the fire was a false alarm, she replaced the photograph. As soon as I was able, I assured her that I was feeling well enough to leave. You didn't take the photograph then? No, I felt that... uh... Over precipitance at this stage might ruin everything. And what do we do now? Drive to the Langham Hotel and inform his Majesty of what has happened. Then return with him. After that, my dear chap, the case will be ended. This is Barnley Lodge now, your Majesty. Gosh, I'm all impatience. Your servant, this photograph, will still be there, Mr. Holmes. I have every reason to believe so, Your Majesty. Mm, I, I must confess, uh, this is going to be something of an ordeal. And I suggest that you let me do the talking, Your Majesty. I think I know how to handle the lady. Mr. Sherlock
1: Holmes, I
3: believe. Uh, yes, I am, Mr. Holmes. How did you know?
1: My mistress told me that you would be likely to call. She has left for the continent with her husband.
2: You
3: mean she's her England?
1: Never to return.
3: Uh, then the papers, the photograph. All huh. oh, is lost, Mr. Holmes. We'll soon see. Follow me.
1: She said you've been looking for something. I hope you find it.
3: This was the bell pole. There's a sliding panel behind it somewhere. Ah, here it is. Uh, its it? Uh... Is the photograph there, Mr. Holmes? There is a photograph, but it's a photograph of the lady alone. Hmm. Here's a letter, and it's addressed to me. What's it say, Holmes? My dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes, you really did it very well. Until after the fire alarm, I had no suspicion. But then, when I realized how I had betrayed myself, I began to think. I'd been warned that if the king employed an agent, it would certainly be you. May I congratulate you on your disguise as the dear old clergyman? All right, Scott, you're far more clever than you... Holmes. Uh, yeah, yeah, go on. What else does he say? Uh, let me see. My husband and I both thought that the best recourse was flight. So you will find this empty. As to the photograph of the king and yourself, his majesty may rest in peace. Thank goodness for that. I love and am loved by a better man than he. Hmm. I leave another photograph, however that might care to possess. And I remain, dear Mr. Sherlock Holmes, very truly yours, Irene Norton, nay, Adler. What a woman, Watson. What a woman! What a magnificent woman! She fooled me completely! But, uh, oh, I... I'm sorry, Your Majesty, I, I've been unable to bring your business to a more successful conclusion. On <laughs> the contrary, my dear sir, nothing could be more successful. I know that Irene's word is inviolate... The incriminating photograph is now as safe as if it were in the fire. I'm glad to hear your majesty say so. I am immensely indebted to you. Now, pray tell me in, in what way I can reward you. This uh, barrel uh, ring that I wear, <laughs> I should be proud of Majesty I just have something that I should um, value even more. You have but to name it. This photograph. Irene's photograph? But certainly... However, you must let me give you something more substantial, oh, no, 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 Your Majesty. This is uh, something I shall treasure all my life. This and a golden sovereign I received from the lady's hand. They will remind me that I was once tricked by a woman. A woman that I shall never forget.
0: I say, you will never forget that woman. A scandal in Bohemia by uh, featuring, of course, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Holmes. Sorry, Dr. Watson, what is wrong with me today? And that's all we've got time for, I should tell you, though. We've, we've done that to celebrate or commiserate the fact the passing of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, of course, who wrote Sherlock Holmes. He um, he was found, he passed away, he was found clutching his chest in the hall of Windlesham Manor, his house in Crowborough in Sussex on the 7th of July, 1930. He passed away. Uh, due to a heart attack at the age of 71 but i love this his last words were directed towards his wife you are wonderful he said that's kind of uh, sweet, isn't it? So, you're wonderful as well, and uh, thank you for your, your company. Um, let me just repeat again, if you're going to the Edinburgh Festival, then so am I. The world's biggest open arts festival is in August. Uh, if you're going to be there, then drop me a line, uh, either radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk, radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk, or my new email address, oh yeah, no, Nick, yeah. nick at bohemianbritain.com. Nick, N I C K, at bohemianbritain.com. I haven't had many emails on that yet. So it's, it's not worn out. Yeah, give it a go. And, uh, yes, I shall see you in the Edinburgh Festival. If you've got a show up there again, let me know. Uh, you don't need to be from London. You can be from anywhere, really. And I shall take my electric handbag, and we shall be talking to people and then broadcasting the shows uh, in the autumn, uh, obviously, because I think Resin's takes a little break during August. Uh, nothing to do with me, but anyway, love. No, no, they have, to, they have to clean the spark plugs and things like that, you know. Yeah, so uh, it'd be lovely, too. So do get in touch. Uh, also get in touch, I've had some uh, music off local bands as well, which is kind of cool, going to do a local uh, uh, music writing uh, show fairly soon. Uh, So uh, do keep in touch, and uh, I shall see you next time. We're on bohemianbritain.com, but chiefly, this is Literary London on Resonance 104.4 FM.